going to be good today. There's something about Easter. How many just love Easter? Can you say a good amen? Is there anyone else you remember your very first Easter as a Christian? I'll never forget it. It was 38 years ago, and it's funny. Sometimes I have a hard time remembering my middle name, but I'll never forget that very first Easter when I was a born-again Christian and heard songs like Rise Again from Dallas Home and heard my pastor, Pastor E.E. E. Smith, just a brand-new babe in Christ, preaching about the resurrection. I, I just love every single thing about Easter. I have this kind of inner drive that um, I have a passion to go to the Holy Land, Israel. A lot of my friends, pastor friends that go there, they, they'll, they'll walk the stations of the cross, the Via Dada Rosa. Got to roll my R's there. They'll see the, the skull, the, the hill called Golgotha, Calvary's Hill. They'll survey the garden tomb. Many of them will get baptized in the Jordan River. And they'll tell me, Monty, I come back and the Bible has new meaning. I don't preach the same, don't teach the same. How many recognize when you walk where the Lord walks, it changes everything? Can you say amen? Now, just because many of us have not been to Israel does not mean that we have not encountered Jesus in the Holy Land. Because wherever Jesus walks, I believe is holy. How many are with me? Can you say amen? So he is walking among us today. And this is a very sacred, holy place because where God meets with his people is sacred and holy. Speaking of the Holy Land, how many in the house are married? Let me see your hands. I, I, I see some of you, you're right there, brother. I'm, I'm praying for you. I know your wife's been gone for three weeks. She'll be back in three days. I, I feel your pain. Kelly was gone for nine days. I almost died. This is a story about a husband and wife, and they, they didn't have a marriage like Kelly and I have. They, they had a very rocky marriage, all their marriage. He was uh, not a good husband at all. And I know all of us are great husbands in here. But he was not. The food was either too cold or too hot. It was always too late. He never said thank you. He never gave flowers. He never said I love you. And they fought like cats and dogs. They get in a plane. They fly to the Holy Land. And they're fighting the whole way. They land and they meet the tour, tour guide. And he begins showing them the holy places in the Holy Land. <clears throat> and while they're there, the husband dies. And the tour guide said, well, listen, ma'am, I have a, a suggestion for you. If you would like to have your husband buried here in the Holy Land, it would only cost $500. But if you ship him home to the States, it will cost $10,000. So what would you like to do? And she, without skipping a beat, oh, I want him buried in the United States of America. And he said, well, I don't understand. Why would you waste so much money, $500 in the Holy Land and $10,000 in America? And she said these words, because 2,000 years ago, a man died and was buried in the Holy Land. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead and is alive. And she said, I just can't take that chance. I feel like repenting for telling that joke. But there's something sacred about the Easter week. Just a few days ago, we celebrated Good Friday. Kelly and I were so blessed to watch the production that Pastor Israel put on Friday night. And then he did it again Saturday night. Here Sunday and then in Caldwell Sunday. But Friday, Good Friday, we were there. 
And we watched as Jesus was betrayed. He was beaten, nailed to a cross, and buried. And we watched him rise from the dead in the production. There's something about Good Friday. And I put together just a couple of thoughts. I want to build some some foundation as we jump into Sunday. We remember Good Friday. You see, it's Friday. Peter is asleep. Judas has betrayed him. Mary is crying. Hope is lost. Hope is lost. The Bible says that when Jesus was crucified, all of his disciples fled. The Bible says, and it says forever, there stood by the cross of Christ his mother. Can you imagine the ripping and shredding of the heart as you see your son crucified? The disciples who fled and were watching from afar in a graveyard as their Lord and Savior, the one that they had literally witnessed, raised the dead. Remember Lazarus. Touched people who were sick and lamed and blind, demon-possessed. And they watched from a distance. So, you see, hope was lost. You see, it's, it's Friday. It's Friday. Jesus is placed in a borrowed tomb. Death had won. Satan is laughing. Jesus is buried. Soldiers stand guard. A stone is rolled in place. You see, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. And to those of us here, Sunday's not just coming. Sunday is here. Can you shout a great big amen? You might be in a season where it seems like the stone is rolled away. It seems to be a dark season in your life. I can't seem to find my way out of my circumstance, out of my situation. It might seem like the enemy is winning. The critics are winning. Those who don't like me have the biggest say in my life. Oh, it's just Friday, but Sunday is here, and the stone was rolled away, and the Savior was resurrected, and he lives forever. Can you say amen? Sunday is here. My text I want to work from today is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a resurrection chapter of the Bible. So let's read. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul writing, I passed on to you, I passed on to you what was most important. Would you underline or highlight the words most important? And what had also been passed on to me. It's very interesting. The Apostle Paul, he, he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. How many recognize the message of the cross, the empty tomb? It's not just to have and to hold from this day forward. It's to pass it on to those with no hope. So the Apostle Paul, he, he said, I received, and I'm going to pass it back, but not just something, but what is most important, and here it is, so we never have to question Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Can you say amen? Father, would you take just the next few moments? And Lord, our hearts are open to receive the Word of God. And uh, Lord, I pray that this would be such a safe place today, that we would put down our guards.
And we maybe would be vulnerable for the first time in many years, if ever. And we ask in our vulnerability that, Lord, your word would touch us. And, Lord, I believe that there's some stones that you're going to roll away today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's very interesting to me. The Apostle Paul, he says, I passed on to you what was most important. How many recognize in life, you've you got to discover what the main thing is. And once you discover what the main thing is, the challenge in life is to keep the main thing, help me out, the main thing. How many recognize the main thing in history is Jesus Christ? From Genesis to the book of Revelation, every 66 books in the Bible, redemption is the theme of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We must keep the main thing, the main thing. And, and, and the Apostle Paul says, I received, and I'm going to pass on to you what was most important. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Easter is a celebration of what is most important. It really is. Thank God for the cross, but if there was not an empty tomb, we would still be lost in our sin. But there was a cross, there was a burial, and there was an empty tomb. So we are not lost in our sin. We can have our sins forgiven and have everlasting life because that is what's most important. It's not the living that we earn, it's not what we do, it is who we know, and it's whose we are. You, if you know the Lord, you are a child of God. You are forgiven. You are saved. You are called. You are the apple of His eye. He loves you so very, very much. So, keep the main thing, the main thing. Would you agree with this? Hope is under attack today. It's interesting. It seems like the Holy Week, the enemy works overtime. And maybe we can go back 2,000 years. Can you imagine Satan and the demons and the principalities and powers of the air, the strategies of hell that the Bible talks about? Jesus died on a cross, and he was buried. I could just imagine the devil and all the, 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 the satanic demons, influences were celebrating. We stopped the plan of God. We killed Jesus. And I believe they were celebrating day one, one. <laughs> day two, he's been dead two days, thinking they were going to count throughout eternity. But how many recognize heaven and hell counts differently? Heaven counts three, <laughs> two, one. Anybody in the house grateful for the third day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? What Satan thought was his greatest victory was actually his greatest defeat. When Jesus came up alive, it sealed the fate of Satan, and he will burn in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever, and there's nothing he can do about it. Can you say amen? But hope is under attack. It's interesting how the enemy fights very difficult. In Sri Lanka, multiple churches and hotels, bombs were set off at the exact time today. 200 of our brothers and sisters who gathered in a church or in a hotel to worship Jesus on Easter are now seeing and worshiping Him face-to-face. -face. 
There are 400 people, brothers and sisters right now, who are fighting for their life. And I think we should pray. Father, in the face of this tragedy, Satan just seems to shake and influence so many people. Lord, the battle may rage, but the war has been won. And Father, you said precious are the sight of your saints. Precious are, are, are the death of your saints, Lord. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Father, we speak healing over those who are, who are hurt and injured. And Lord, I pray that in this black backdrop, when the forces of hell seem to be on overtime, that the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, would rise as one, and the light and love of Jesus would flow in us and through us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, can you say amen? It's a, it's a sacred, it's a sacred week. Hope is under attack. Do you know in the New Testament alone, hope is mentioned 52 times in the New Testament, and every single time that hope is mentioned in the New Testament, it is always tied to God. There is no hope outside of God. I don't care how successful you seem to be, without Christ there is no hope. I don't care how many possessions you acquire, without Christ there is no hope. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? How many recognize life is not about 70 years here on earth? Life is about making decisions and living for God here, and then eternity is forever and ever and ever. Hope does not come in the form of a bottle or in the form of a pill or in the form of a relationship with someone of planet earth. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. People will walk into your life. Just listen to me. People will walk out of your life. Jesus, once he walks into your life. He will never leave you, and He will never forsake you. He is our hope. Hope has a name, and His name is Jesus. Can you scream amen? His name is the Lord. Now listen, for hope to be alive, Jesus has to be alive. And it seems like there are so many religious teachers, and there's so many people that think all, all, all paths are the same. They lead to the same God. Um, would you agree with this? Final words have very important significance. Final words. When Kelly and I would go out on a date, we'd share some final words with Ryan and Bethany. The house is a disaster. We get back, you know, you're going to get it. Final words. Well, let me give you some final words from Religious leaders, you might have heard of these people, Muhammad, and I quote, I don't know the purpose of life, final words. Buddha, and I quote, search for truth. Confucius, and I quote, I am not the way. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How I many know that he is the way, the truth, and the life? 
You, you want your sin forgiven. You want hope. You want heaven to be your home. You got to go through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't be good enough to make it there. You got to surrender your life and allow the sacrifice of God to be yours. So Easter is of the utmost importance, and we understand the symbolism, the power of the resurrection. I, I could go so many different arenas today, but I've landed on just two. Um, number one, I want to talk to you about what's so, so good about Easter and why is it so important. Well, number one, because the power of sin is great. The power of sin is great. And it's, 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 it's shameful that preachers no longer preach against sin. I don't know about you, but more than the blessings of God, I need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I, I need to know when I begin to step out, I begin to stray that that conviction. Listen, there's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation comes from below. It's the enemy. You ever heard this? Oh, you're the only Christian that struggles. Or if you really knew Jesus and you were really saved, you wouldn't be doing Listen, that is condemnation from below. Condemnation wants you to make, makes you want to quit. But conviction comes from on high. It comes from the Holy Spirit of God. It's like, son, I love you too much to allow you to walk that way. I'm going to make your life miserable until you come back and start walking like God wants you to walk. Conviction makes you want to change and be more Christ-like. How many grateful for conviction? Can you say amen? So he's the way, the truth, and the life. So the power of sin is great. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Can we just pause and say, thank you, Lord? Can we just put our hands together and say, Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins. Man, he is a sinner's Savior. And the Bible goes on to say, just as the Scripture said, and he was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day. Again, just as the Scriptures said. It's interesting, and, and just in case there's anyone here or anyone watching, I think you, you've never sinned before. <laughs> How many recognize, number one, you're deceived? About the guy praying in the morning, he just said, Lord, I, in the morning, Lord, I, I, I haven't sinned today. I just feel so holy, right standing with you. But in just a few moments, my feet are going to hit the floor. I'm going to get out of bed, and I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. How many with me can you say amen? I mean, if there's anyone in my life that, that, that would come close to resembling never committed a sin, it would be my wife, Kelly. But I got some stories. Mm. Help me recognize for every story I have, she's got a billion on me. You don't need to say amen and make me feel bad. But just in case there's somebody here that doesn't think you deal with sin, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Sin is powerful. It's interesting. We live in a day and age where we are able to harness great power. Is there anyone else you've, you've been to the, the Hoover Dam? Can I see your hands, the Hoover Dam? Isn't that amazing? That Hoover Dam harnesses 10 trillion gallons of water that provides water for three states. Somehow that concrete harnesses that water. What about a rocket ship, a spaceship? Somehow that's, that spaceship harnesses uh, fuel and elect, electricity and, and rocket fuel to get off a launching pad and to, to orbit the earth. And some of those spaceships have actually landed on the moon and recently Mars. What about the Internet? Somehow the Internet harnesses all the information in the entirety of the world, thanks to Al Gore, the creator of the inter- Internet. But friends, there's something that man with all of his knowledge and wisdom and creativity will never harness, and that is the power of sin. 38 years ago, I met Jesus in a personal way. I couldn't set me free from addiction. I couldn't, well, Monty, just try harder. Pull yourself up. I couldn't set me free. I couldn't forgive me. I I couldn't save me. But how many recognize Jesus did and Jesus can and Jesus will? Can you say amen? Our flesh cannot harness the power of sin, but Jesus Christ can sever the power of sin in our lives. He can sever that in Jesus' name. The force that cannot be harnessed is called sin by the human nature, by us on our best day. I don't know about you, but for 21 years, Monty, on my best day, man, I, I was a waste. But how many recognize on, our, on our, our best day, which is really our worst day outside of Christ, when Jesus steps in, we can have the best day, and it's not a day, it's a week, it's a year, it's a, it's a lifetime, it's an eternity. Can you say Amen. Is there anybody here that you've had people put labels on you? I've had some labels put on me. You're not my son. Why couldn't you be smart like your brothers? Monty, can you end up in prison? And I put some labels on myself by doing dumb things. Sin. Jesus didn't die for your problems. Jesus died for your sin. Pastor Justin is on stage with a box. I'm going to call that box the vulnerability box. And Pastor Justin represents me. He represents you. He represents us. He represents humanity. I'm going to ask you a question, and I just want you to shake your head yes if, if you've done this. Have you ever been prideful? Thought you were all that? The Bible says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. 
Humility is not weakness. It's velvet-covered iron. And I don't know about you. I don't want God to resist me. I, I want His grace. You ever been prideful? <laughs> Look at what I built. Look at my labels. You ever been angry? Deal with anger? Recently heard about a pastor, I won't tell you his name, he's not on our staff, not at Christian Faith Center. But someone in our church saw him at a restaurant recently. And this pastor absolutely thrashed the waitress. You ever been angry? You see, here's the problem. You're in the marketplace, you're in the restaurant, you're in the cashier's line. You think you're there for service. No, sir. No, ma'am. You are there to serve. You don't know what that little waitress just is dealing with in her life. You don't know the depths of her despair. You don't know why she was coarse with you, why she didn't look you in the eye, why she just looked at you as a number just trying to get you out of her life. You were not there to be served. You were there to, to serve. I have a thing that I do when I go out to eat in public. I ask a wait, waitress or waiter, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't say I'm a pastor. Never hide behind a label. I'm a Christian. I, I always say, I'm going to ask the Lord to bless this amazing food that you brought. Is there anything I can pray with you about? And I've had so many times, they just look at me, and there's been a handful of times where tears will start rolling. And I'll pray for her. We have several waitresses that Kelly and I prayed for that are saved and members of this church today. Can you say amen? So why is it thinking that, you know, I better be treated a certain way? How was Jesus treated? For the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve. Go out of your way to be a blessing. Well, let me ask you a question. You ever stole anything? You ever gossiped? Talking about somebody when they're not there? Thinking that just because they were not there, that it was a safe and secure place? What, what, what we need to understand when we gossip, me, me, when we gossip, it's not a safe place. You're not alone because the Lord is there. He sees and He hears. So you, you ever got gossip? Addiction. You ever been addicted? I know what that's like. I know what that's like to be addicted. Want to change, but I can't. And I know what it's like. I know what it's like to receive a touch so powerful. He forgives me of my sin. And He sets me free. And I don't have to be addicted anymore. I have lived that life. Ever struggled with addiction? What about abuse? You ever been abused? You didn't deserve it, but it happened. You ever abused someone? It's 
the vulnerability box. You ever been abandoned? Cry yourself to sleep? You ever experienced incredible shame knowing that you're forgiven, but the shame is still there? That represents me. That represents you. Sin is powerful. But you don't have to stay that way. You are not what you're going through. You are not the product of your past. No longer allow your past to poison your future. Get it under the blood. Isn't that the message of the cross, the burial, and the resurrection? The blood that Jesus shed on the cross can set us free. That he strips labels off of our life. And I believe that he would say to us, Son, daughter, I, I was there. I saw the injustice. I hurt with you. What touches your heart touches my heart. And I believe he starts just ripping these things off of us. But the crazy thing about the Lord, the Bible says our righteousness is his filthy rags. But his righteousness, we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And there are people here today, people who are watching right now, that God wants you to take off this garment, the shame, the anger, the rage, the abandonment, the addiction, because with that on, you're hopeless. He wants to welcome somebody home. He wants to give somebody an embrace. He wants to say, you're my son. I would rather die than live without you. I have forgiven you. I have cleansed you. Go and sin no more. Change somebody's life through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been given. You have received. Now go and give it away. Because there are people out there that need hope and help. And his name is Jesus. Can you say? Amen. <laughs> oh, I understand <laughs> that the power of sin is great. <laughs> but I'm so grateful that the power of the resurrection is greater. I understand the power of sin is great. But I understand the power of the resurrection is greater. If you believe that, can you put your hands together? Let's just thank the Lord for the resurrection. The power of the resurrection is greater. The Bible says I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Listen, Christ died for our sins. Thank you, Lord. Just as the Scripture said, and he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. The third day. Man, a lot can happen in three days. A lot can happen in three days. A lot can happen in your life in a moment. Life is about moments. 
I'm learning that. Life is about moments. If you will allow God to create moments in your life, you'll see the moments of God in your life. It was a moment that I experienced resurrection power and was set free. It was a moment. There are moments, and then with God, there are processes where you just walk it out, but you don't walk alone anymore. God walks with you. Jesus didn't just rise from the dead. I love it when Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. Listen closely. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to raise it up. He is the Savior, the Lamb of God, Almighty God in the flesh. And your sin, my sin, your labels, my labels, were thrust upon the Lord on a hill called Calvary. He died in my place. He paid a debt he did not owe. It was my sin. Funny thing about the cross. The cross is a place where God's judgment and God's grace collide. And I'm grateful that grace won. In the cross, I see my sin. In the cross, I see God's grace. And aren't you grateful that grace wins? Grace is stronger. Mercy. Oh, can I talk to you about mercy? The mercy of God. It's so deep. It's so wide. It's so high. It's so strong. It's so available. You can't contain the mercy of God. You can't harness the mercy of God. And you will never exhaust it. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. That's good news. And that's why Paul gives it to us. Christ died for my sins. I am forgiven. Christ was buried. I have been buried in Christ. My old life has been buried in Christ. That's why we teach about baptism, water baptism. It symbolizes a death, a burial, and a resurrection. I remember one guy in, in Arizona, David Stice. He was a drug dealer that got born again, drugging on the streets of Phoenix. And uh, he came to church. He got radically born again. His whole family got saved. And they were doing the water baptismal teaching and, and uh, you know, signifies a burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection. And David Stice said to my children's pastor, Pastor Ted Daniel, he said, Pastor Ted, now you got to understand he was just born again out of the drug culture. He's a drug dealer, Phoenix. He said these words. He said, how long is Pastor Monty going to hold me under the water? And Pastor Ted said, well, David, it depends on how bad you've been. Aren't you grateful that Jesus didn't stay dead? On the third day, he was raised to life. So, the cross, he died for me. I'm forgiven. He was buried, and my old man is buried with Christ. And on the third day, he was raised to life. And my life has been raised from the dead. The labels that I put on myself, the labels put on me, God has taken away.
and given me new life. Can you say amen? Would you bow your hearts before the Lord? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. This kind of seemed like all the services just kind of built upon one another from Saturday night to the 7.30 to 9.30, and here we are, 11.30. It's kind of seemed just a little bit more anointing with each service. And Father, I know that you went deep today. There are many people who saw themselves up on the stage with that jacket, with all those labels. Boy, labels come in different size, shapes, subjects, topics, sins. And Lord, today... You're wanting to roll some stones away so that you can speak right to the heart, right to the soul, and bring healing and deliverance and salvation. We'll never exhaust your grace or your mercy. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I'm wearing a jacket like that, man. I'm just getting beat up, I'm getting weary. I don't know if I'm ever going to be free. I'm losing, well, here it is, hope. Friend, the first step is to get right with God. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I need to get right with God. I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven. I need a new life. Pastor Monty, would you please pray for me with no one looking around, those of you watching, in the comfort of your home live stream. If you're here today and say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I need to get right with God today. I need God to roll away the stone and set me free. Can I just see your hands all over the building? Would you shoot them high just so I can see them? Yeah, hands are going up. Bless you. A lot of hands. Thank you. A lot of beautiful people. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for the courage and the vulnerability demonstrated on a lot of people's lives. Many people are tired of struggling, tired of dealing with stuff on their own. And Lord, today you're going to step in and you're going to change lives and you're going to give hope because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. So I'm going to ask those of you who raised your hand to pray a prayer out loud after me and, 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 uh, and to the church, the body of Christ, can we just give them a great big hand? We're proud of their decision to accept Christ and get right with God. We're really proud of you. We honor your decision. And I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this prayer out loud after me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. Father, please forgive me for the sin in my life. I'm sorry, and I repent. Jesus, I believe <laughs> you died on a cross. You were buried on the third day, rose from the dead, according to Scripture. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, I call upon the name of Jesus. I ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me. 
I ask you to deliver me. I ask you to give me a new life. I invite you into my heart to be my Savior and the Lord of my life. I am now a Christian, saved by grace, through faith, in Jesus' name.